Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. And books are sexy. All right, I'm about to pop another Rachel selection of sparkling wine, Cremant de Bordeaux. So it better be good, Rachel. You know, it comes from the Bordeaux region, and I'm excited about it because it's made with a wine that I wasn't familiar with, Semillon. It's a plump white <laughs> grape used for like sauternes. Plump. plump. It's like exactly how the word plump. Plump. Um, and Cabernet Franc. So those two wines come together. I haven't had any sparkling made with this sort of combination before and the most important word on it is it's brute dry no more sweet crap yeah rachel no more sweet crap we are anything but sweet we are not sweet people if you mean like sweet as in like cool like sweet sweet maybe maybe (laughs) (laughs) my kids probably wouldn't my uh, six-year-old his favorite adjective right now is sick Oh. And he's re- he wants to be, I don't know if he's like trying to be macho or something, but like whenever we're driving around town, he'd be like, check out that sick car. And it's like a Honda Civic or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, he doesn't yep. know. It's, it's like, that's so sick, man. <laughs> this morning he was mad because he didn't want to put his socks on. And he was like, mom, you don't even know the rules of the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Your child is so funny. So now anytime anyone annoys me, I'm just like, you don't even know the rules of the planet Earth. I, okay, last, this was hilarious. Last week we talked about book bands. Last night I had a dream about being at a restaurant with a bunch of friends. And one of our mom friends informed me that a book had been banned in my child's classroom. Like a parent complained and the parent had, or the teacher had to remove it. And I was like, what in my child's classroom i hate people who ban books <laughs> and i'm like you know i'm a really loud person and we're at this restaurant yeah and a, a dude at a neighboring table comes walking over you, you want to talk about it you know because he like <laughs> wanted to tell me why book banning was totally acceptable and i was like no I'm like, I'm not even going to talk to you like i'm not going to debate this i was working out book bans in my dreams wow your dreams are much more, um, like, rooted in reality than mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. Like, I might have a dream like that, but there'd be, like, a whale floating outside the window <laughs> or something. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. No, I have the trippiest dream. Like, I don't ever need to do drugs because I my dreams are so weird. This is a really good bubble. Good job, Rachel. I like it. Thank you. I'm going to drink this again. You didn't fuck it up this time. So we recommend it. <laughs> The Calvet Comment de Bordeaux. And it comes from Cyclone Liquors, right? All right. Ellen, tell me what you're going to read. Because you just finished, <laughs> literally 20 minutes ago, a book. I did. I just finished The Cherry Robbers, mm-hmm. which I talked about last week. And I loved the book. I thought it was so good. Um, so I think what I'm going to read next, because I don't have any book club books that need my immediate attention is I picked up this book called revival season. When I was in Seattle this summer, I picked it up at Elliott Bay 
And the reason I picked it up is because they had it as one of their store book club picks and it was in their staff picks. And it wasn't a book that I had heard of before. So I'm always sort of intrigued if I go into a bookstore and they're really hyping a book that I don't never know about. heard about. I mean, I'm a bookseller and if I haven't heard of it, it's like, oh, what am I missing out on? Yeah. So it's I think it's what it's about is this teenage girl who's part of a like her father's like a revivalist preacher and they travel and they do like the tent revivals. Wow. And um, something tragic happens at one. And I think there are consequences for her. Not, I don't know this for sure. Okay. This is what I think it's about based on that. I think the father probably gets into some trouble. Meanwhile, the daughter who has the main character who has always been taught from her religious beliefs that women can't preach. Women don't have power discovers that she might have healing abilities sorry <laughs> sorry i'm a naughty child <laughs> so uh i think possibly some magical realism um but yeah i'm excited to read it and I'm, I'm excited to hear what you think i'm interested in what you know like other booksellers are, are loving fishing. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how about you all right i have two going right now i am listening to the fortunes of jaded women by carolyn Hoon. She is writing about a multi-generational Vietnamese family, primarily women. And the story goes that many generations back in Vietnam, there was a woman who was mad that her son's wife was leaving him for someone she was really in love with. And she wanted to curse this woman. And so she goes out to a far-flung village and talks to a special woman and she curses her daughter-in-law for all time. And uh, they will only have women, this line um, after the daughter-in-law, she will only give birth to women and her daughters will only give birth to girls. And um, that is seen as misfortune in Vietnamese culture or at least in the time period of this book, that it would be being cursed and they will always be unlucky in love. So we're dealing with three generations who have settled in Orange County, California, and they are um, in a 10 year spat with one another. They had a great falling out. And you can tell that fighting and discord has always been a part of their relationships. Um, Each generation of daughters resents their mothers and thinks they'll do better. They'll do different. And we're at a time period where um, there's been a death, there's a potential marriage and a birth coming. And they are hopeful. They're either going to all fall apart and lose everything, or they're going to finally break the curse. So it's about mothers and daughters and relationships and fighting and it's intense. Kind of sounds like the Cherry Robbers a little bit. Mothers, daughters, curses, yeah. love. I know it's really intense. So that's the fortunes of jaded women. But I just picked up and I'm two chapters in to This Golden State by Merritt Weisenberg, which I know our bookseller Katie really loves. Um, it's a young adult book, and I'm reading it because our friend book club is meeting next Thursday. And this is the selection, um, because Katie read it and enjoyed it because my daughter Eloise read it and enjoyed it. I was excited to pick it up. Um, it's about the Winslow family and you can tell all, all the, the, the length of the, the children's lives they've been on 
the run, essentially. You get the sense that this family is in witness protection and they're escaping some kind of past, but the children don't know what they're on the run from. They just have to trust in their parents. Um, the It's told, I think, primarily from the older daughter's perspective. She is a high schooler. Her true name is Poppy, but she goes by many names when she has to find a new home and a new community. But I think she has grown tired of running and leaving behind friends and connections. And so we know that she will eventually take a DNA test for some goal. I don't, I don't know yet. Okay. So that is what I'm reading. I should probably read that if you have book club. I know, (laughs) which is our topic of conversation, book clubs. So you, we refer to you as a book club slut. Because you're in many book clubs. I'm actually pretty low right now, but yes, I have a hard time turning down book clubs. And why would you turn down a book club? But tell me about, well, I guess we could talk first about how book clubs brought us together. Yeah. So I moved back to Ames and had two young children and I did not have community. I'd grown up here all my life, but where was my peer group? I had family here. But I had not made adult friendships, real connection. And of course, you know, there's many different ways to do that as an adult. And sometimes it can be hard, but I was a stay-at-home mom, so I didn't have a work environment. And the one thing that I was determined I needed was a book club. I was I needed a book club. I needed to be reading books. I needed to be with bookish people. And so I formed one. Um, the founding member with me was Jen Folkerts, who has four <laughs> boys the same age as my four girls. And she agreed to start this book club. And we started inviting mom friends. And um, we are a book club that has endured more than a decade, but definitely like what everyone thinks book clubs are, you know, wine, <laughs> food. Talking about our kids, our marriages, gossip. But we do always have a book. We do. And the premise of our book club is that each month someone different hosts and they make the selection for that book club, which offers an opportunity to have some really interesting picks that we wouldn't normally pick. So that's one thing. But the the way we were tied together through this book club was I liked you. I was like, oh, she's smart and uh, she's good taste in (laughs) books and I want to be better friends with her. And so when we reconnected over our children being in preschool together, that was kind of like a natural extension of how we became better friends. You involved me in gun violence prevention. And I said, join my book club. And here we are. And here we are. We own a bookstore. However many years later, I wonder how many years it's been since you started coming to book club. Um, I think it's probably been at least 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So because I know that I was, that I had, I think I was pregnant during Atticus at one point and and he's 10. So I think it's been 10 years. A decade. Okay. Yeah. So that's how we were connected. But tell me about some of your other book clubs. So I've been in many book clubs through the years. Um, One, of course, is our store book club, which is lovely. Yeah. That meets once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have one right now that 
well, we've been meeting for, I don't even know how many years, but it's my college friends. So I lived in this house in campus town near Iowa State. It's like a big old house. And there were five of us that lived together. But it kind of rotated in and out because we were different, you know, years in school. So like someone would move out and someone else would move in. Mm -hmm. And we all like had this friend group. And I'm fortunate that the people I was really close with in college are still my good friends. Yeah. And we make an effort to spend time together. And one of the ways we do that is we have a book club together that we meet over Zoom because mm -hmm. we're a little bit scattered um, once a month. That's so and cool. And we take turns picking the book. What are you guys reading this month? So we just read Lessons in Chemistry. Yay. Did they like it? Yes. Okay, good. And I don't remember what the next book is. Okay. <laughs> You'll get there. We meet, we meet like maybe every, we don't meet, we meet like every month and a half. Okay. So it's like we go six, I think six weeks usually. That's smart. That's yeah. really smart. If any of them are listening, it's because they're slow fucking readers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I, um, for a long time, I was in a book club that met at London Underground across mm -hmm. the street from us, um, here at the store. And that was all kind. Of, that was similar to what you were talking about. It's like finding connection. I also moved back to town as a stay-at-home mom with a young kid. And you think, well, you grow up in this town, you you know all these people. Actually, like I didn't. All my high school friends, none of them lived here. My college friends had moved away, so I kind of felt like, how do I find this my, is my town? But like, I don't know anybody, right? And also, I'm experiencing experiencing it in a different way because I'm a parent, and I, and it is hard to make connections when your kids are really little and you're not working outside the home. So I connected with some, some moms, you know, doing mom things around town. Mm -hmm. And we, that was sort of what made up that book club. So right. we would get together. And so we've been sort of off and on throughout the years. We met very steadily. Initially, we met every other week. We, what? we did a new book every other week. We sustained it for a while. I have never heard of two books a month book club. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. We sustained it for a while. And then um, over time, it became once a month. And then during pandemic, we started meeting over Zoom, and then we just kind of like fell oh, off no. eventually. But we are starting to meet again. We have reconnected, and we've reimagined a book club a little bit. We are meeting here in this space once a month after hours, and we kind of have a similar setup to books and beverages right now. We don't have a specific book that we're all reading. We just come and talk about what we've been reading. That's really cool. So it's kind of a low-pressure Right. And maybe you'll throw a group read in every once in a while. Yeah. We had a fun night last night. We did have a fun night we last night. We were invited to somebody else's book club. So book clubs in our community buy books through us. It's one of our ways of supporting readers. We allow um, book clubs to create accounts here and buy books as a group. Six or more of the same title gets you a 10% discount. And um, we offer our free use of the loft where we're sitting right now. We just really want to support book clubs and be their friends. And one of our book club groups is Lisa Hill's book club. That's literally what it's called <laughs> because Lisa Hill was in a book club that started at Big Table Books, she told us. Years and years ago, more than 20 years ago. And she uh, endured, they they met for over a decade, and she said it was turning into a wine club. <laughs> and she wanted a book club. 
So she left. She broke up with her book club and she took her two favorite members <laughs> and she formed her own. And she handpicked kind of like an NFL draft, the top players in her life, many of whom were co-teachers at Colonesco School District and former students. And now they have a book club that meets religiously. And they read, they read award winners. So right. They're reading like really good stuff. And they're cool because there's just a wide range of like age and personalities in that book club. I feel like a lot of the book clubs I'm in are just women who are similar, they're same age as me, similar place in life. This book club is different, but they're all like, you know, committed, serious readers. And so they did this last year with us and it was so fun. And I was excited when they asked us to do this again, but they had kind of like a fun month where they asked us to pick out a book for each member of their book club, wrap it up. And then at their book club meeting, they each chose a book. And then at the next meet, they would read the book that they chose, a surprise book, and then they would talk about it at the next meeting. And they invited us to that meeting. So last night, so in August, we chose books right. for the book club, wrapped them up, they passed them out, everybody read their book, and they talked about them last night, and we got to go. Yeah, at Torrent. They met at Torrent over beers and snacks. And it was really fun. A bag of Doritos, some Reese's Cups. I was like, I like how they roll. And, um, they bought us a drink and we got, we got to have a little say on why we picked some of the books. We picked, um, books that have been interesting or unique in our shared opinion. We also picked some staff favorites. We tried to pick a variety of, because they didn't give us many parameters. It was like, they wanted paperback paperback and within kind of a certain page range and they wanted fiction. And so... We tried to pick kind of across genres and different fields. So we had horror in there. We had mm-hmm. kind of a more lighthearted pick. Um, we had um, fantasy. We had a mystery in there. Right. So. And they talk books. They talk about, you know, we quizzed them on favorite reads, um, least favorite reads they had. It was really fun. And it was fun too, because if, so they each went around, they talked about the book that they had read mm-hmm. and gave their opinion on it. And I like appreciated that some of them didn't like the book. They had no problem saying that to our yeah. faces. <laughs> it was so great. And we were like, that's cool. Like, I hear you. <laughs> I just respectfully disagree. But <laughs> Yes, exactly. So that was really fun. Um, and it brought to mind some of the things that we get out of book clubs. So we've talked about the fact that we get community. Um But we also get something for our reading life. One, if you're a good book club member, it forces you to finish your book. It does. And I think that you, it keeps you reading. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you're a person who's trying to like, a lot of people come in our store and they're like, I'm trying to get back into reading. Right. A book club is a great way to do that because you don't have to like even worry about choosing what to read. Right. It's like, you just kind of go with it. Um, but for me, like sometimes, a lot of times in book clubs, a, a book is chosen and I'm like, I don't want to read that book, mm-hmm. but I read it. And there have been times when I loved a book that I had to read for book club that I never would have chosen on my own. Right. And this book club, Lisa Hill's book club, definitely referenced that. One of the areas that they talked about reading um, 
was the fantasy genre and that some of their favorite picks have come from fantasy award winners and young adult books. So yeah, can you think of any books that you've had to read for a book club that you surprisingly ended up enjoying? Mm. Piranesi. That's right. That's one, yeah. Uh, probably not a book I might have picked up on my own. Um, but, wow, blew my mind. Um, <clears throat> years ago, in this book club that met every other week, we read Shogun. Do you know what this book is? It's fucking huge. Yeah, we have it. It's a classic, right? Yeah, and, you know, I don't... I wouldn't say, like, I loved the book, but, like, it was one of those books, like, a thousand pages long or something. It was huge. And I got very immersed in it, and I, like, it was a story I kind of lived in for several weeks because it was so long, and I never would have, like, chosen to read that on my own. Right. So... So, it's very rare that I regret reading a right. book. Right. How about you? Can you think of any that you've read that you were like, oh my God, that was really good. So, oh, I have another one. Yeah. But you go first. Our book club, our mom book club, chapter book club is what we call it. We have one member, Lori Woodcock, who <laughs> only likes nonfiction. She complains all the time about our fiction selections. Like, <laughs> why did I read this crap? Or I didn't read it. I wasn't interested. So So you can count on her to always pick something weird. Yeah. And I will never forget the book As Nature Made Him. It was about Canadian twins, um, two boys that uh, were born. And one of the, um, I don't have boys. What is it called when they snip the tip? circumcision yes um one of their (laughs) circumcision one of their circumcisions did not go well Uh and the you must not have read this one the organ was fried i didn't read it and they decided the best case scenario would be to raise this one as a girl and it was and then and then the child was also involved in a study in which they were observed through their lifetime and kind of like the effects of being raised as a girl were studied, but it was not working out. This child was really suffering internally. And I, the idea that, you know, our, our organs and body parts aren't really what determine our gender and identity was made very clear. And so that was fascinating. Um, All of her picks have been fascinating. Um, But this one I'll never forget. Yeah, hers are always going to be nonfiction. And they're usually going to be ones that, like, you haven't heard of before. Yeah. So, thank you, Lori. One book we read in that book club that is one of my all-time favorites is Tell the Wolves I'm Home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I found that book to be so moving. I cried for, like, the last 20 pages of that book. And I, it just like hit me in a way that very few books have ever hit me. Right. And again, that's not a, a book I would have chosen to read. I hadn't heard of it before. Mm-hmm. I thought the title was weird. Mm-hmm. It sounded like 
I think I was told it was a young adult book. It's not, not that that matters, but like my, I didn't know any, like when we talked about Blind Date, like I really didn't know anything about this book when I picked it up. I right. just picked it up because it was from book club and it's like, I don't know, I, I put it in my top five of all time. It, it lives on my mantle because yeah, it's it a beautiful book. has really affected me as well. I also remember someone picking What the Wind Knows. Did you read that one? Oh, God. Is that the... It's like Outlander. It's Outlander, but it's in Ireland. Yeah. Time traveling love story. So this is, what, love story. this is what that book is. It's Outlander in Ireland with less sense. But it was so good. <laughs> and because... Oh, I enjoyed it. It made me cry. But <laughs> I would not have... Norm- Give me- it was such a good book. <laughs> I'm just saying it was Outlander with less sex. <laughs> Ellen needs a lot of sex, apparently. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to copy the idea of a story, at least have it sex was, in it. No, 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 no. I, you need to read more of that author's work. It's so good. I didn't think the writing was bad. The story was great. But again, I wouldn't have picked that up because it sounds like kind of a suckery book. And I ended up really enjoying it. I saw a woman maybe like manning the admissions table at a volleyball game reading it. And I wanted to be like, oh, I read that. I really enjoyed it. What do you like? This one or Outlander? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that was one. I, but I like what you're saying about how sometimes you, the, one of the benefits of a book club is you don't need to know what it's about. You know that the group is reading it. And I kind of love going into a book blind. I do too sometimes. And it's hard for me to do that. Like if I were just browsing in a bookstore mm-hmm. to just pick one up and be like, okay, I'm going to read this. Right. But if someone else is like, you have to read this for book club. It's like, uh, I guess I'll start reading it. Yeah. Like, you have zero be- expectations and you're surprised at every turn. Yeah. And it can be one of the best ways to read a book. So. Right. Plus it, I think it forces being a book club forces you out of your normal reading patterns, which is healthy for everybody. Right. right. Like, you know, being forced to read something or not forced, you know, but because of your obligation to the group, reading something that you wouldn't otherwise explore, whether it's a genre or specific title, I think broadens your reading perspective and enriches your reading life. And anticipating that you're going to be talking about the book, even if it's just for 15 minutes of your many hour long book club. That brings up another another point for, of why I like book clubs and we were talking about this last night with Lisa's book club is how sometimes you read a book for book club and you're like this book is so bad yeah or you or you just didn't like it that much but then when you get into book club and you start hearing other people's perspectives and you start digging into it and talking to it you see that book in a different way in a different light and you learn to maybe appreciate it a bit more right so. You also read it, I think, with more intensity because you know that you will be talking to someone about it. Yeah. I, I think it's cool that, like, you can read a book and have your own feelings about it and process it in your own way, but then arrive at a different feeling and conclusion about that book after having talked about it right. with somebody else. Right. Um, and if you're not in a bookish community, like, talking to people about books, you don't have that experience. Like, right. your opinion of a book doesn't necessarily get to change like that because mm-hmm. it's been enriched by somebody else's perspective. So I guess the summary is... Join a book club. Yeah, join a book club. Join a fucking book club. Yeah. <laughs> Create one with your friends or, ch- or family or come to, or come to, or our come book to one of ours. We have 
Many. We have a lot of I kind of lost track of how many. And, you know, a book club can be all different sizes, you know? I've been in book... Our book club is pretty big. Mm-hmm. If everybody's there. Ebbs and flows, at least a dozen. Yep. And then, you know, my college friends ones, there's like six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a two-person book club. Buddy read. Yep. I like to occasionally have a sister's read with my three sisters. Occasionally, you and I read the same book on purpose. I know. So we can talk about it. But it's very hard for us to align in time frame. We always, and we have such similar feelings. Yes. I've had very few books that I was like, Ellen, what the hell were you thinking? (laughs) So some great books coming out this week. Um, again, we're headed in the fall. A lot of good ones are going to be out there. Uh, a couple are continuing very popular series. So everyone loves Frederick Bachman. Mm-hmm. People have been asking about this book. Right. So he wrote a book called Bear Town around a small Canadian uh, town with a hockey program. And it's an underdog story, but it's about members of the community and traumatic events, and you're really rooting for them. So this is a continuation of the Beartown series. People are excited about it. It's called The Winners. So I've not read the Beartown series, but people talk so highly of it. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking about it. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, trigger warning, it does involve the first, uh, a sexual assault. Okay. Um, We have a continuation of the Sholomon series. Is that how you say it? By Naomi Novik, Sholomance, Sholomance, um, The Golden Enclaves. This is the third in the series. So it's a, a fantasy series. Naomi Novik is a favorite fantasy writer. So a continuation of her series out this week. I'm really excited about Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson. I read her book Life After Life. Have you ever read any of her mysteries? No. Okay, so Kate Atkinson is not as well known for her mysteries, but her mysteries are so good. Right. I love an author who will play it both ways. Yeah. But she, I think this will be more like like Life After Life, a thick kind of epic story. Um, Kwame Alexander, one of our favorite youth writers, has a new book out called The Door of No Return about 11-year-old boy who um, is having really interesting reactions to water, apparently. It's kind of, I think, magical realism a bit. Um, It is, I believe, based in Africa, and it involves his family, um, friends, time spent in the river. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of captivated by this. Um, I think it will be a really great middle grade book. I'm sure it'll get quite a lot of acclaim. Kwame Alexander writes excellent books for middle grade students. Um, in young adults, we have Foul Lady Gong by Chloe Gong. I believe it's Chloe Gong, but um, she wrote These Violent Delights and Our Violent Ends, which has been a very popular duology. This is based in 1931 Shanghai. Sounds good. And then in graphic novels, we have Investigators, Heist and Seek by John Patrick Green. People love the Investigators series and um, it's humorous. It's got a little bit of a suspense to it. So get excited for the sixth in the Investigator series. 
Okay, and then we have a few things popping out the store. Um, to what? No, because it's this drops on Tuesday. Right. But on Tuesday, okay, yeah, today, yes, today, tonight, tonight is an event that I've been really excited about. We la, were. La, 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 tonight. Do you know who that's? No. Ray? Do you know Ray Ray? Fans of the podcast, name that song. Okay. <laughs> and the artist. Okay. You have to give a better sampling. La, 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 tonight. Tanson. Nope. Okay. So tonight, tonight. Boy band track. Okay. We have. Come on. Really? Shut up, Rachel, now. That's better. Okay. I love Spice Girls. (laughs) See, I was more a girl band. I'm the girl band. I like the Spice Girls too, but that's not the point we're making right now. Go on. She's probably thinking like Backstreet Boys. That is not the Backstreet Boys. We will find out. We will find out when when the podcast listeners tell us. What? No to it's not insane. Uh, the important thing, agrees. you guys, I have an event tonight. Give it the due. It is due. Okay. Do so, credit. Tonight. Tonight <laughs> at 6 p.m. We have author Dr. Jonathan Gelbert. This fascinates me. He is an orthopedic surgeon. Okay. That takes a lot of time and focus. You have to be like science minded. Right. Okay. He went to a lot of school. And he decided that he still, in addition to repairing people's bones and surgery, would like to write books. And his focus is on athlete injuries. So he's written other books about how like high-profile athletes have shaped medicine and society, our understanding of how bodies work. His book that is out today is called The Idealist, A Forgotten Football Legacy, College Football Legacy. Um... And it is about Jack Trice. So they reached out to us and wondered if we wanted to do something with the author. And I said, come to Ames. Come tell us about Jack Trice. I read this book. It is super fascinating. Um, It is not only about Jack's early life, his family history. His grandparents were slaves. Um, He grew up in a town in Ohio in which he, his family was one of the only black families, his high school football legacy. They were, you know, in, in pursuit of national championships, they competed against people in Washington, um, and his brotherhood amongst the players, um, and how inspiring that those relationships were between the white and black players. Uh, well, I, I believe he was maybe one of only one or two on his team that was black, but, um, He was inspired by George Washington Carver, who was our first black scholar at Iowa State and how he, George Washington Carver went on to really make a difference in the United States and for um, the people of the South. And he wanted to do something similar and luck would have it. He ended up becoming Iowa State's first black athlete, but tragically lost his life due to injuries sustained in only his third college football game. And then um, he was quite mourned and honored at the time, but his legacy was forgotten. And in the 70s, it was really uh, raised and fought for. Um, Students and faculty alike wanted to honor him by naming the stadium after him. It took 24 years of hard fighting on behalf of uh, Jack Trice and his sacrifice until the University Board of Regents um, 
until it was able to happen. So uh, I really look forward to talking to Jonathan Gelber about his research. We will have also Mike Green, the director of traditions from Iowa State, who will be talking about how they honor Jack Trace's legacy in ways that most people don't know about as a team. Uh, as an Iowa State football team, and uh, we'll have a flight of local beers available, plus free gourmet uh, Iowa-made popcorn. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I think if you're a Cyclone fan, you should be here to find out more about what Jack Trice means. So uh, I'll also be reading with kids the next day, 10 a.m., Storytime, lovey. And that's all we got for you. I know. That's all that's popping. All that's popping. Behind the scenes, though what's popping is that Amanda and I are ordering from the spring catalogs. So behind the scenes, we are bringing in books for you people. Yeah. Get excited. Another great year ahead of reading. Cheers. Cheers. (sighs) Those new kids on the block, you dumbasses. (laughs) Duh. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dogyard Books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dogyard Books Ames or at Dogyard Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>